must possess an eternal perspective. Dr. Tony Evans says a lifestyle reflecting the character of God yields everlasting rewards. You and I must learn to think and live in light of the world to come, not only in the light of the world we live. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. Some activities in life are of fleeting significance, while other pursuits can return benefits that go on and on. Today, Dr. Evans explains why practicing godliness falls into the latter perpetual rewards category. Let's join him in 1 Timothy chapter 6 as he begins. Godliness is a lifestyle that is consistent, both desirous and functionally reflecting the character of God. But there's a problem. It's a big problem. Because there is one thing above all other things that interrupts our move toward godliness. Among all the things that will hinder limit, distort, deny our desire and pursuit of godliness, one thing reigns above all. And Paul tells Timothy, both for himself and both for the congregation at Ephesus, to make this point clear. Notice what he says. He says at the end of verse 5, godliness is a means of great gain. The word gain means profit. A profit is the difference between your income and your expenses. It's that gap that gives us our profit margin. Not only a good profit, he says it's a great profit. So anybody who's interested in making a profit, and I'm sure everybody here is, he says then you ought to be interested in godliness because with it comes a zinger, a high profit margin, great gain. But he says the thing that gets in the way is when you use godliness as a means of gain. The verse 5, end of verse 5. He says, here it is, verse number 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain. That's a high profit margin. When accompanied by contentment. If you want your life to be a high profit margin and not a wasted, limited profit margin, then a marriage needs to occur between your pursuit of godliness and your contentment in life. Lack of contentment will stifle godliness. The presence of contentment with the pursuit of godliness will give you a profit margin that will blow your mind. Because he calls it great gain. Stay with me here. One of the main reasons why the spiritual is subject to the material is lack of contentment. Contentment means inner sufficiency in spite of external circumstances. Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 says, that the contented man is the man or woman who knows that God is acting on their behalf. See, if you don't have a view that God is acting on your behalf and it's totally 100%, 1,000% dependent upon you, then you can't be content. 
Why is he concerned about the lack of contentment? Because he says godliness with contentment. You can't have maximum godliness and discontentment. So if you're complaining all the time and I wish I had more and I don't have enough and, and this and that and you and you whining and crying, what you're doing is saying no godliness, no godliness, no godliness, which means let's gain, let's gain, let's gain. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. That's because being rich, and everybody here is rich, being rich without contentment has side effects. You know, you go to the doctor, you get this medicine to make you feel better, and then it tells you the side effects. Okay, get this medicine, it's going to make you feel better, and that's going to give you cancer, it's going to give you a stroke, it's going to give you a heart attack. It'll take away the headache. It'll make you not want to take it for the problem you need it for because the side effects are going to make you worse. Now you're going to give me something for a headache and tell me it might kill me. I mean, what, what the deal is? He says, when you are rich, and now everybody is rich, so, so now unless you're one of those rare people in here, you are rich. Based on the Bible. And I ain't talking about Hollywood and I ain't talking about Wall Street. I'm talking about the Bible. Based on the Bible, food, clothes, and shelter, every dollar over that should put you in the contented category because you're in the rich category. And I see, because see, right now, see, once you know you're rich, you'll think differently. See, if you don't know you're rich, then you're trying to get rich. But once you discover you're already rich, it changes your priorities. Watch this now. He says there are two side effects for richness without contentment. Two side effects. He says in verse 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. He says there are two side effects of the discontented Christian who is wealthy, who is all of us. He says, side effects number one is thinking more of yourself than you ought to. He calls it being conceited. Because when your net worth goes up, often your self-worth goes up with it. Because I have more money, I think I'm more than I really am. Because I'm driving a better car. I'm living large. I think I'm better than I really am. And that's why the more you get, the more you are likely to look down on other people who used to be where you are, who are not where you are now, and therefore you treat them with less because you view them as less because you have more. He says a side effect of wealth is pride. He says the second side effect is a shifting hope. You fix your hope on the uncertainty of riches. What does he mean? you give money more credit than it deserves. Because now you're looking for money to fix it, money to get you out of it, money to make the contact, money to buy the solution, money to do it, money to do it. And you now make money your hope when when you didn't have money, God was your hope. Because you were pursuing godliness. So you were looking to God. But now that you got American Express, MasterCard, and Visa, and a little chump change in the account, you are now looking for more money and not more God. 
and you get the side effects of being rich when the material takes over priority over the spiritual. You get the side effects. You get the disease. Having more money doesn't make you better at being rich just like having more kids don't make you better at being a parent. Just because you get more of it don't mean you can do a better job with it. And that's why the more money we get, the more debt we're in. Because we're not able to handle, we weren't able to handle it with a thousand dollars. We're asking God to give us another thousand so I can pay off that thousand only to get in debt with a new thousand because more money doesn't make you better at being rich and everybody here is rich. I hope you caught in the news about this new disease out there called affluenza. This guy, this kid committed a crime and he blamed his wealth on his crime spree. Affluenza. Anybody had that disease? Affluenza. That's the disease of being rich, being conceited, and hoping that money will do what only God was designed to do. God doesn't mind you being rich. Everybody here is rich at varying levels. He never wants your riches to compete with your pursuit of godliness or to cause you to be discontent with where you are when the basic needs have been met. In verses 18 and 19, he gives you the vaccine for affluenza, for the disease of stuff. Again, don't misunderstand me. You are rich. God is not telling you don't be rich. He's not telling you don't enjoy the riches that he's given you. He's just saying, don't let it blind you to the greater gain of godliness. So watch this now. Three things. When you get these final three things, you're on your way to a profit margin, the likes of which you have never seen before. Regardless of your bank account, I'm getting ready to tell you three things that will blow your mind And give you what he calls at the end of the verse, life indeed. You're really going to get to live now with these three things once you vaccinate the disease. Instruct them, verse 18 says, to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. He says, if you want to be positioned well, So that riches, and everybody's rich, don't get in the way of your pursuit of godliness. You tell them who are rich to be rich in serving others. If you're rich in money, you ought to be richer in service. The more your worth goes up, the more your service should go up. If you're getting a raise on the job, but you're not getting a raise with God for serving, then you've got the disease. He says, you tell the rich folk to be rich in service. It's funny how the richer people get the less service they want to render. He says, the other thing is being rich and being generous. Giving. The more your blessing goes up, the big, do you know the average American Christian gives 2.5% of their income to the Lord? The average American Christian gives 2.5% of their income to the Lord. 
The reason why there's so much misery in the church, the reason why the kingdom of God can't advance, the reason why people have to come up with gimmicks is that rich people aren't generous and everybody's rich. Not only do they not give an offering, they don't even give the tithe. He says, I want God to be your source. That's why God says, give as first. The first check you write, the first gift you may make it to God to let God know you know he's your source. That you're not looking to your job or to the bank. God is my source. He is my supplier. And God, I want to let you know that. But people rob God all the time. He says, you tell the rich people to be generous in their service and generous in their giving. Not just the church, but they have a giving spirit about them and when they can help and as they can help, that's in their DNA to do it because they are filthy rich. And most people in this room are not just rich. Most people in this room are filthy rich. Except when you're comparing yourself with Bill Gates. But that's not the comparison. The comparison is with the word of God. And the word of God says you're filthy rich. Dr. Evans will have more for us on the motivation for godliness when he continues our message in just a moment. But first, I want to quickly let you know that the lesson you've been hearing today is the final installment from Tony's current series called In Pursuit of Godliness. It's an insightful look into what godliness is all about and how the Lord has provided us each with the ability to experience a more outstanding and rewarding way of life as we move closer to Him. It's a valuable collection of sermons, and today is the final day you can get copies of all four messages for yourself, bundled along with Tony's Jesus Challenge study package. This includes eight audio lessons, Dr. Evans' Living as an Overcomer book, an in-depth workbook, plus a special Bible study DVD, all designed to help you develop a stronger faith, healthier priorities, and more. This entire package is available as our gift in appreciation for your contribution to help support the Ministry of the Alternative. Contact us right away to take advantage of this special offer. Just visit TonyEvans.org or call our Resource Center at 1-800-800-3222. Team members are standing by today to help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, here's Dr. Evans now with the final part of today's message. The third thing that will blow your mind and give you great gain, that's a high profit margin in your life, is storing up for yourself the treasure of a good foundation for the future. Here it is. You must possess, I must possess, we must possess an eternal perspective. He says, tell those who are rich, verse 17, in this present world, so you're rich right now, to store up in the future world. Okay, let's get this straight. You're living in two worlds. The present world, and then he says, the future world. You and I must learn to think and live in light of the world to come, not only in the light of the world we live. See, the earth is only going to get you to think about the earth, which means godliness won't be a priority. Making more than the Joneses will be a priority. God doesn't mind you being rich. He doesn't mind you enjoying that you're rich. What he minds is that you've linked all of your efforts to earth. If you know Jesus Christ, you have a future that's going to blow your mind. 
And God is going to see what you did here to give you your future there. A lady, a lady one day um, went on a trip and she had a cat. She told her husband who hated the cat, keep the cat while she was gone. She was going to go for two weeks or something and this cat was driving this man nuts. So he couldn't take it anymore and he took the cat down to the shipyard and put the cat on the boat that was getting ready to take off. He put the cat on the boat. He went back home. The wife came back the next week. She said, where's the cat? He said, the cat, the cat went away. He ain't lying. The cat was gone. The cat went away. She said, well, we got to find him. He said, certainly, dear. Let's go look. So they went all around and, of course, couldn't find the cat. She said, um, you got to find me, my cat. I, I love my cat. He said, I tell you what, dear, what we're going to do is this. I'm going to put an ad in the paper. Anybody who finds this cat, I'm going to give them $5,000. Because I love you that much that I'm willing to put $5,000 to find this cat that you love so much. One of the guy's friends saw the ad and said, man, I just saw the ad you put in the paper for the cat. $5,000 for a cat? You say, yeah. Why would you give $5,000 reward for a cat? He said, it's simple. When you know what I know, no investment is too big. When you know about your future and what God has in store for you in eternity, then you giving in service and giving in, in resources as a priority to God because he's made you rich. When you know what you know, it ought to change how you function. A couple of times a year, I talk to Dan Cathy. Dan Cathy is the son of Truett Cathy. Truett Cathy is the founder of Chick-fil-A. Truett Cathy would be on the side of the road selling chickens with his unique recipe. And more people liked it, more people liked it, more people liked it, more people liked it. It grew, it grew, it grew. And now it's a Fortune 500 company today. If you ever go to Atlanta, go by the Chick-fil-A offices, beautiful offices, Sitting right outside the front door is their mission statement. Let me paraphrase it for you. He says, Chick-fil-A exists to bring glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in providing a quality product to our customers with quality service alongside. As you know, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. It's closed on Sundays because their philosophy is that's the Lord's day. And we're willing to give up whatever profit we would make on Sunday in order to make sure that people don't get their worship interrupted. When they took their stand for the biblical family and said the biblical family is a man and a woman, and there is no other definition. And everybody came out of the woodwork to condemn them taking a stand. 
He said, we couldn't keep up with the amount of chicken we needed to sell. For everybody coming out the woodwork to support kingdom values. Because God knows how to make up on Monday through Friday what we gave up on Sunday when we put him first. What I'm trying to say is, when you know what they know, when you understand that it's a filthy rich company, but their priorities are Godward. So they support missions around the world to support the kingdom of God because they understand while they're in it to make a profit, they want great gain. So let me conclude by telling you what great gain is. Remember, you're already rich. You can get richer, but you're already rich. So what is great gain? He tells you at the end of verse 19, here it is, great gain, your high profit margin, the profit margin that will blow your mind is life indeed. If you make godliness with contentment, you're going to spend more time giving thanks and complaining about what you're going to have. You're going to be at rest with what you have until God legitimately allows you to get more to enjoy. You're going to, that's going to be your posture. You're going to pursue the spiritual over the material. He says, and now you will have life indeed. The word indeed means show enough. Okay? When Jesus rose from the dead, the women came back and said, he has risen indeed. I mean, it's your grave show enough empty. Indeed means show enough. So what is life indeed? Here it is. Life indeed is experiencing the reality of God operating in your life and in your circumstances so that you have his supernatural presence at work with you, for you, in you, through you, regardless of the circumstances that face you. There are a lot of folk with money who don't have life indeed. They're alive, but they don't have show enough life. They don't have peace in the midst of trouble. They don't have stability. They got a house, but they don't have a home. They have money, but they don't have peace. They've got stuff, but they don't have a life. God is offering you. If you mix godliness with contentment, he's not just saying just live out the rest of your life. He's inviting you to live out your life indeed. Dr. Tony Evans, wrapping up the final message from his current series, In Pursuit of Godliness. If you're ready to experience a life of godliness and contentment, but have never accepted the Lord's gift of grace to you, visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. There, Dr. Evans will explain everything you need to know about how to begin a brand new life with the Lord. That's TonyEvans.org. Now, don't forget, if you visit our website today, you can take advantage of our current giant resource offer, Dr. Evans' Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD, plus all eight full-length audio messages from the Jesus Challenge series, as well as the bonus downloadable audio messages from the teaching series he just wrapped up today called In Pursuit of Godliness. This powerful, life-changing package of resources is yours with our thanks when you help support Dr. Evans' ministry with your donation. Today's the last day to take advantage of this offer, so don't wait. Visit TonyEvans.org to make your request, or call us at one 800 800 and let one of our resource team members help you. 
That's 1-800-800-3222 or online at TonyEvans.org. You can also sign up for Tony's free email devotional, get access to a huge assortment of Bible study resources, and learn about the alternative's upcoming cruise to the Mexican Riviera this November. All that at TonyEvans.org. Prejudice takes practice. And Dr. Evans says most of us have been getting plenty of it since we were kids. Unlearning prejudice isn't easy, but tomorrow he'll share how we can do just that in a message titled Maintaining Christian Unity. I hope you'll join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 